Well, this is very exciting for me. I'm really thrilled that you invited me to come, and I've already been blessed. I feel like I'm just going to start crying right now because it's been just overwhelming, just praising and hearing your, you lift your voices. There's just nothing better than being with sisters. Um, I want to start with asking you a question. How many of you have been on a road trip? Oh, girls. We need to have some more road trip in here. I just remember my husband and I saying to our boys at the time, we didn't have our daughter yet, hey, we're going to just pack, we're going to go, we know where we're going, but we don't know kind of what's going to happen along the way, so just be ready. And just the excitement and the anticipation of, you know, just this destination, okay, we know we're going to be in California, we did this a lot when we lived in Colorado, we'd say this, and it's 24 hours, so it's a pretty good jaunt. But we'd go through the night and just the anticipation and, you know, you're packing and getting ready for that. And I'm so thankful for modern technology, aren't you? These little GPSs are just awesome. And um, we're just going to type in here, I'm getting a little feedback here, we're going to just type in here, journey towards biblical womanhood, let's see, that's our destination, so excuse me for a moment, so let me get that in here, okay, biblical womanhood, great. So we're talking about life on target and journeying towards biblical womanhood, and the first, in this first session we're going to be looking at understanding the journey. What does it take, we kind of have an idea, maybe somewhat fuzzy, of this destination that we're hoping to reach, and that's God's design, biblical womanhood. But maybe for you, there's a little bit of a lack of understanding. What does this look like for me personally? It's different for each of us. So I want to encourage you with that. Your, biblical, your journey to biblical womanhood is going to look different than mine. So, And I know we as women are often can compare with each other, and we're, we're famous at that, aren't we? And sometimes feel discouraged. Like, I see this woman doing these great things, and I'm kind of still wrestling here. And so just to know and just to rest assured that we each have a different journey in that. But we have the same destination, which is pretty cool. So, um, so as we look at the book, just understanding this journey, I want, you, I want to start with just sharing a little bit of my journey. Um, I was raised in a Christian home, God's blessing to me. At times I thought, man, my testimony is kind of boring. I wasn't on drugs, I didn't, you know, do the, and I, maybe some of you can relate. But I look back and what a great blessing. And, and many of us that have children would love that testimony for our kids. Um, but at age 14, I um, began to understand a little more that this was, even though I'd heard my parents' faith, they were faithful to shared, we were in church every time the door was open, um, youth groups, all that, and, um, but it was really at 14 that I understood that this is my own faith, that I need to surrender my own life before the Lord, and this is an individual commitment to the Lord, so that was ninth grade, um, and in that time, there was a lot of confusion as far as being a woman, even then, I was a tomboy, I had two brothers, you know, it's, and it's kind of hard to imagine me with heels on and everything and jewelry because and, this would not be the look then, you know. <laughs> I had the overalls on and the 66 football shirt and, and all my pictures. It was pretty sad. I'm like, Mom, you should just peeled that thing off me and stuck it in the washer. But just a real confusion because I just 
really hit it off with boys. You know, we roughhoused and all that. I understood that. I was athletic and everything. And so, so there was some confusion there. But I did have this picture of my mom, who was also very athletic, but also portrayed some of this womanhood, you know, and just cooking and homemaking. And so it was just fuzzy, just a lot of confusion. And then as time went on, um, I think probably latter high school, college, I began to have more friends with girls, began to have mentors in my life, uh, read books which are great tutors, as you know. You know, sometimes there may not be an older woman accessible, but you can access, you know, the Beth Moores and all through through books. And so so just reading a lot and trying to understand, asking a lot of questions. And then I met Tom. And I had a myriad of questions, the poor guy. I think I bombarded him with all these, like, I don't understand who I am. I have these gifts. I have you know, and he's just, like, well, okay, and helped me just process through asking, asked me a lot of questions, took me to the word, and, and then also introduced me to, um, kind of like with Amy, we had a couple uh, to this woman named Judy Rose, who just even Christmas, I was jotting down notes as she was talking. She has been like a lifelong mentor to me, just a real neat example um, so that's kind of been my journey, just again, so just lock that in. A lot of confusion there, um, and yet I, I think I kind of got a glimpse of an understanding a little bit of what this design is, and yet, and, and some peace and contentment in there, but m m mingled with a lot of confusion. So what I want to do is I want to invite you to this journey. I want to start by saying, you know, there is, this incredible journey that the Lord has placed each of us on. And for those that you don't that don't know the Lord yet, we'll talk some more about what that looks like to, to have a personal relationship with Him, because it starts there. You gotta start your journey somewhere, right? So that road trip begins at home and then you take off from there. And so it really starts with this invitation of the Lord calling us to Himself. He wants this relationship with us. He wants to journey with us. And it's got to start there. And, and it even goes back to the beginning in Genesis when he created us in his image, which is such an amazing picture. If you ever get a chance to even just do a word study on image and what that means, I know we talk a lot about self-image, which, you know, leads us <laughs> wanting. But um, just the whole thought of image of God and that God's design back in, in the scheme of things is that um, he desired a certain, he had a certain blueprint for us as women. He desired certain, certain things from us as women. And, um, and he made us like him, which is really amazing to, to have these different characteristics as in our gentleness that we would show the gentleness of Christ and our compassion that we'd show his compassion. But I think you have to back up a little bit, and, um, and this is over a lifetime, this journey, mind you. And I'm going to be emphasizing that throughout, because some of us, if you're like me, you can feel like, man, I want it all now. I want to be this woman right now. And yet, as we'll see in Proverbs 31, it's this journey of a lifetime. So be encouraged with that. I want you to you know, soak that in because we can all easily get 
feel this kind of condemnation at times. And we know in Christ Jesus there's no condemnation. So I want you to be encouraged with that. So we have to look at first, we have to go back to who God is and just get a glimpse of, you know, view of God and, um, and alter our own view of God. And I don't know what your home lives are like, but a lot of times it starts with your, your picture of your father and what kind of a father he was. And a lot of times we portray those images onto God. You know, if he was domineering or harsh, many times that's often how we view God. But we know that God is so other than, praise God, (laughs) he is so different than any other human man. Um, and, And I was really comforted in early marriage just even looking at Okay, I'm a wife now, and, and I'll go back to singleness too and share some of that because I had some journey there. But, um, but new, being newly married and, and thinking, okay, now I have this, this husband, and you know, is he supposed to meet my needs? And you know, maybe some of us think this. Okay, you know, I've dealt with this loneliness thing and singleness, and and then some awesome ministry experiences too, kind of coupled together. And yet, as I got married, it's like, okay, I'm married now. Now I won't be lonely anymore. Now I will, I'll be satisfied. But we know from Psalm 73 that he's, the Lord says of himself, Whom have I in heaven but you? And, and beside you I desire nothing on earth. My heart and my flesh may fail, but you are my portion and my strength forever. And so to get back to this view of God that, he is everything. That he he understands, he knows you intimately, which is so awesome to have a the God that created us know us so personally. He knows where you're tempted. He knows what satisfies you. And beyond that, beyond knowing that he, you know he knows us so well, is that he created us um, to have this relationship with him. And this, so our view of God makes. A huge difference, and and I know there were a lot of questions I had just even in that confusing time of understanding this journey of is God really good? Much like Eve, you know, that's what she questioned in the beginning: is he really is he holding out on me? You know, and this is probably when I was single, mostly asking a lot of these questions, and even early married too, when I realized that Tom couldn't meet all my needs. <laughs> that was you know had to be the Lord. Um, but just that realization that he is wise and he is all good and he does know, um, has my best interest in mind. And so, and then I think as you journey from, and I'll just write this up here, the view of God, you need to start there with your, your view of God. It's so important. And I'll just put Psalm. I've got this little crack right in the middle. It's driving me nuts. View of God. And we'll put Psalm 73, really starting in verse 25 and on, which has been really a a landmark verse for me in a lot of ways. And a great verse to counsel others as they're dealing with contentment or, you know, whether you're waiting for a husband or you're waiting for a job or you're waiting for children or, I mean, there's so many issues that we all deal with with that. Um, But as you have a clearer picture of who God is in your life, then you'll have a clearer picture of who you are, a view of ourselves. And we know in James it talks about, you know, looking intently at the law 
don't know if you're familiar with that passage. I think it's 22 and on. But just the, the whole thought about being an effectual doer, not just a hearer only, but just looking. It's like looking in the mirror, like we're looking in the face of God as we see who he is in our lives, then we have a greater understanding, a clearer picture of who we are and how much we need other people in our lives, other sisters, which we're going to talk about later. There's a humbling that goes on that we see, you know what, I'm, you know, in my initially thinking, I'm, you know, I've got what it takes. Then we realize, no, we don't, you know, and that humbling and how much, again, we need each other, we need accountability. Um, trying to think of other things that, any other thoughts with view of ourselves? When you see who God is, what kind of picture do you think you have of yourself? Any thoughts that you would have? You realize your shortcomings, you see your sin more clearly, you see how holy he is, how holy, unholy we are. And then lastly is a view of others. And this, again, I briefly mentioned. Can you all see back there? Is it getting too low? Of others. So a view of others. So then you realize, again, how much you need one another. You're more um, willing to receive reproof from each other. We know from the Proverbs it says, a wise man heeds reproof and listens to counsel. So there's that willingness to have that iron sharpening iron and being in each other's lives. So that's really foundational. Um, and then I think as we look at Proverbs 31, I think this, even though we know it's a fictitious woman, we get an idea that um, here's a, a woman that personified this, um, this idea of being created in his image. I just really, as you read through it, and you know, I've read through it many times, but I'm just so thankful for his work because it seems like each time you read his scriptures, there's a new slant on it or something that the Lord shows you something new. And I think this time around, I noticed how here's a woman who really had, um, she was on this journey, you sense this, uh, maybe down the road a little bit into where she had this this confidence in the Lord. And we're going to kind of take this apart a little bit. Um, and obviously you could spend hours just on this, this chapter, but so we're just going to cover it br- briefly, but I encourage you to look at it later. But here's a woman that had a, an understanding of who God was in her life. And you'll see that. And also, you know, what that meant as far as her ministry to others. And I know you all do a lot, so... You probably relate to this woman here. But let's look at Proverbs 31. And if you're new to the Bible, it's pretty much right in the smack center of your Bible. So right after, you might open it to the middle and you'll see Psalms. And then right after there is Proverbs. And it's the very last chapter. And just to give you a little context, and I love this because we've talked about this with our grown son, is um, here's a mother who is teaching the king about what kind of woman to look for. So those of you who have sons and daughters, this fits too. You know, we, we can't be asleep at the switch. This is just a little side parenting note here. We can't be asleep at the switch as far as just training our our children to know what kind of woman to look for, that there's it's it's never too late. 
So she talks about, he talks about here an excellent woman, verse 10, who can find her worth is far above jewels. So you see that this woman's rare. She's precious. She's unique. Um, the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not. He will have no lack of gain. I'm reading in the NAS. Um, so there's a proven character there. You see this, and I'll start with just a godly character. I'm just going to write these on the board here over on the side. You'll see this woman has, I think I'm right in front of that speaker. Okay, Proverbs 31, verse 10. So she has, we're just going to look at, go get a different marker. Let's try green, Christmas colors. Okay, we'll start with godly character. 